It's Two Girls, One Broadcast. Hosted by Jack and Katie. In my mind, there was never a doubt that I was going to get better. You know what? Life is so short. You might as well just go ahead and do this and go for it. Be okay with disagreeing with each other. Yes. But understanding why everyone has different opinions. This is a podcast focusing on relationships, sex, wellness, and spirituality. To Two Girls, One Broadcast. With Jack and Katie. <laughs> Here we go. Fucking nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. So this week we are doing an entire Crazy Pants episode. We are going to deep dive all about therapy. All things therapy. How to get into therapy. What therapy's like. Where to start. All the things. All the things I wish I had known 10 years ago when I desperately needed therapy and wasn't going. <laughs> yes. We also just saw a meme and it says people in therapy are often in therapy to deal with the people in their lives who won't go to therapy. And the fucking accuracy <laughs> will just knock me on the floor. Fuck. Yeah. The accuracy. I mean, I just kind of want to start out this episode by saying that therapy is very, like there's a stigmatism around mm-hmm. it. And I think it's so ridiculous because... And I think I've said this before, we go to the dentist to fix our teeth. We go to a physio to fix a hurt bone. Like, you know, why don't we go to someone who's a specialist to help us with our brain? Like, yeah. that is a huge, huge piece of our body and our life. Like, it runs the show. So why wouldn't we go seek the help we need to work on areas that we feel like we need help in? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people have said to me, like, I just don't really feel like therapy would benefit me. And I honestly challenge you to find someone on the planet that wouldn't benefit from therapy, even just once in a while. We all have things that we're dealing with in our day-to-day lives. We all have old traumas, generational trauma. Like, there's all of these things that we just feel like we have to deal with on our own, and we absolutely don't. Yeah. So, and if anybody says anything to you negatively about going to therapy, fuck them. Honestly. Yeah. Um, We'll get into this a little bit more, but I've experienced this with, like, people feeling threatened by the fact that I'm going to therapy and like if someone is feeling threatened or some kind of negative way about you trying to better yourself that is probably not a person that is healthy to have in your life well if it's a person who feels threatened it's probably because they're part of the reason why you're going to therapy and they know Mm -hmm. that your therapist is going to give you some advice that involves either cutting them out Mm -hmm. or doing some hard work that they don't want to do yeah which is bullshit we'll get into that because I have some very interesting experiences surrounding (laughs) that um before we get into this any further we just wanted to say um our UCP government is going to be closing a shit ton of Alberta parks and campsites they're privatizing a lot of it there's going to be loss of environmental protections for a lot of land Mm -hmm. it's fucking bullshit it's going to result in less accessibility less trail grooming higher prices for campers all of this shit so if you guys feel strongly about our parks which we do we go to the mountains every chance we fucking can get yeah you can go to defendabparks.ca and you just have to put in your name and email it'll generate an email for you and it'll send it to your mla because this is fucking horseshit (laughs) Yeah, and that will literally take five minutes of your time. So Not even. I'm just like begging you to do yeah. it because with all your email addresses. Yeah, and you know, I was watching. I think it's Life on This Planet, um, and David Attenborough narrates it. It's a mm. new movie on Netflix, and it basically shows you how much of our planet is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those things. Like we we need to be outside. We need the environment, especially right now. During a time when we can't be seeing tons of friends and family, we need that ability to go outside and 
yeah, I just cannot stress it enough. Please, please, please do it. Is one thing I'm going to push you to do. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, we'll also post the link in the description for this yeah. episode. If you yeah. guys can't find it, it'll be there. Yeah. All right, so therapy. First, we wanted to give a little, um, I don't know what you would call this, but neither of us are therapists. We're not yeah. licensed in any type of therapy. We're just speaking from our own experiences. We've both been to therapy. I've been to a lot of different types of therapy. Um, and I also, I think I just swallowed into the mic. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I... Was, I am trained in advanced motivational interviewing, which is based in cognitive behavioral therapy. And I used to work in a job where I worked very closely with all different kinds of therapists and mental health professionals. So, And we've done a shit ton of research for this episode as well. So we are not here to give mental health advice. We're just here to give you guys tips and resources and speak from our own experiences and try and cut down a little bit on the stigma because we don't want anybody to feel like therapy is out of reach for them. So first we thought it would be good to go through our experiences with therapy because mm -hmm. I think that this is something, again, like a lot, a lot of people don't really talk about it. There's probably a lot of people that you know that are going to therapy and they don't like give you a rundown on it, which is fine. But I feel like it is helpful to hear from people's personal experiences, especially mm -hmm. if it's something that you've been thinking about doing, but you haven't kind of taken that leap yet. So Jack, do you want to start? Sure. Um, this is actually going to be really good because Katie and I have um, very different amounts of experience when it comes to therapy. Um, I kind of grew up thinking therapy was for the week and I am the first to admit that I am one of those people that doesn't like to be vulnerable. I don't like to pretend I have, sorry, not pretend. I don't like to share that I have things I could probably go to therapy for. And, you know, growing up, um, I had quite a bit of anger issues and I would say that was probably my biggest fault, um, and it affected a lot of really close family relationships. And I was asked multiple times, probably from the age of like 16 to 18 to go to therapy. And I was like, no, fuck you. I'm not going. And I, I really do think I should have. But hindsight is always 2020. And so here I am now. Um, and it's better to start now than never. So yeah, I mean, that was one thing I could have gone for. But as an adult, I finally decided probably when I was in my mid 20s that I should go for some of the anger that I was experiencing and um, also relationship issues that I just didn't know how to deal with on my own. And I went through um, our company program that they offer free in quote therapy for. So I think <laughs> it's for about 10 sessions. Um, and I was placed with a male therapist and I don't know what it was about him. He was a very nice guy, but I just didn't feel like I could be fully honest with him, which is another big problem with therapy is you need to find a therapist that you are able to be hundred percent honest with, because otherwise you're not going to get what you need out of it. And they're not going to be able to help you to the extent that you need if you're not going to be honest. And so that is, I guess, my, my biggest piece of advice um, I did go to him, I think twice and I just didn't really feel like I connected with him. He did give me some tips and, you know, he did kind of give me the validation of things I already knew, which is another reason why I've been going to therapy is to validate the things I already know, just to make sure I don't feel like I'm not on the right track, you know? And so, yeah, I did get some tips from him and, and got the, the validation I needed. And I kind of went on my way. I, I dealt with, um, the, the big problem at hand, which was my relationship. And then I didn't go back to therapy for a while. Um, I felt like some of the things he gave me in regards to anger were just 
not things I wanted to do. And again, that was probably a naive version of me. And, you know, they give you these tips for a reason. Uh, sometimes they might feel ridiculous, but I think it's probably best if you're going to choose to go to therapy that you take the tips that they give you and actually implement them. Otherwise, you're not going to uh, see the change that you want to see in yourself. So um, after that, I didn't go for a while and I ended up going again la two years ago now. Mm. Um, and I went to a different person. So this time I went to Katie's therapist, which I'm sure you all know because um, I have mentioned that before. You know what? It, it doesn't always work, but I do think recommendations are a good place to start because if someone's having success at therapy with a therapist, why not go see if you could have the same success with that person instead of just starting from ground zero? And I was able to see success with her and I was open and honest, 100%, you know, of the flaws, the things that I needed to talk to her about that maybe I wouldn't have been comfortable with with a different therapist and she's been just like such a beacon of light and like hope in in problems that you know I've been experiencing in my life and again it was for a relationship and you know we've said before like you don't need to have something specific but it doesn't hurt to have something specific to go and talk about um, especially if you're uncomfortable with going having some kind of an idea is definitely a good start and so I, I think that was a good person to choose and she's given me lots of tips. And again, I did what I needed to do uh, in that relationship as hard as it was. And I have seen her a couple of times since I made that choice and we talked about some really great stuff and it wasn't even necessarily specific things. It was like a few things here and there, but it helped kind of give her an idea of who I am and what my like upbringing is and yeah, so I will say I go to therapy a lot for relationship-based work, um, which is great. Like, it, it really helped me as a person, and it helped me understand how to be better in relationships. And I'm talking, like, family relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, like, any sort of relationship that I experience in my life. And I think the underlying change I see in myself is that I'm not as angry, and we don't even talk about that that often, so it's very interesting that that has happened. And I mean, it could be where I am in my life, who I'm with, you know, who I've decided to surround myself with, that there's been a lot of those changes because I have made a lot of choices in my 20s to cut people out. And, you know, it's never fun, but you have to like you, you just have to if someone's not serving your purpose and is bringing out a side of you that you're not proud of, then you need to really look in on that. Um, so yeah, I've only had experience with two different therapists. I found one that I like and I won't change at this point um, unless she stops practicing or, you know, whatever situation may change for her. Um, but I haven't gone as much as I probably could be. And, you know, so, you know, that's something to admit, but I am feeling quite content with the way things are. And if there's ever a change in life that I feel like I need some advice on, um, I will most definitely go back to her because I have absolutely no shame in just talking to her very bluntly about the things that are going on. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, I'm like nervous for this. I don't get really nervous for podcasting much anymore, but talking about this kind of stuff definitely makes me a little. <laughs> so I should probably give a quick trigger warning for mine. I'm not going to go in depth about anything, but I am going to make really brief mentions of um, the mental health struggles that I've gone through. So there's going to be brief mentions of sexual trauma, um, relationship is issues and kind of psychological 
abuse in relationships, um, disordered eating, suicidal ideations, that kind of stuff. I'm So I'm not going to go deep into this. I want everyone to be able to listen to this and get the information out of it. So I'm going to try and really hard to steer away from anything that might be super triggering. But just so you guys know that will come up in the next few minutes here. Um, I'll try and put timestamps, I guess, in the description for this just so that if you guys want to skip my little blurb then you can and you can skip right to the resources that we're going to talk about after so um I'm the same as Jack my parents offered me therapy in my teenage years and I said no because I don't know why I didn't want to go I just I didn't know anybody else that had been to therapy and it just seemed like only in my mind it was like therapy is for people that are like really really struggling with their mental health and I was like in such denial that I was having struggles so I experienced sexual trauma as a kid and it really deeply impacted me. And I didn't really realize until I started going to therapy in how many ways it had affected me. So um, I finally started going to therapy in my mid-20s. I was in a job that I was absolutely miserable in. And I was really, really depressed and anxious. And I didn't really realize how bad it was. The thing that really clued me in was I felt like I couldn't breathe for like months and months on end. And I actually went to a chiropractor because I was like, I think there's something wrong with my ribs because I can't breathe. And it turns out I was having basically rolling panic attacks for like months on end and having that level of anxiety in your life is so detrimental. Like I would come home from work and I would fall asleep on the couch because I was just so mentally and physically drained. So I finally went through the employee and family assistance. I was working for the government at the time. So I went to a therapist there and same as what Jack was saying, most EFAS programs will offer you short-term therapy uh, for free. So I went to see a lady and she I think because it was short-term based, it really wasn't the right setting for me to get into everything that I needed to talk about. And she was very short with me and basically said, like, go read this book and uh, good luck with that. That was basically what I got out of it with her. So it was a really, really... Oh God. Yeah, it was a really frustrating experience for the first time with therapy. I didn't feel like she held a lot, a lot of space for me to talk. Um, I, like, broke down crying in the office and I just didn't feel a lot of compassion coming from her. And again, like, I know, like, she wasn't there to you know, work through every single thing in my life. It was supposed to be like six sessions max. But yeah, going to see somebody and them being like, okay, here's a book to read. I'm like, that's not really what I need right now. So anyway, I saw her once or twice and obviously didn't get anything out of it. And then I didn't go back to therapy for a while until um, my marriage was basically breaking down. And I knew that the relationship was over, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to end it. I had never broken up with a serious partner before. And I was so confused and that like there was nothing hugely wrong in our relationship so I felt so stupid for being unhappy and feeling like I wasn't fulfilled so I really went to therapy to try and work through that and decide like am I making a rash decision am I like living in a grass is greener kind of life like so I went and saw a therapist again through EFAS and she was actually super super helpful we talked through like basically the entire relationship and the struggles that I'd been having in the ways that I was feeling. And she validated me totally. She asked clarifying questions and kind of like challenged me on a few things that gave me things to think about. And at the end of six sessions, I ended that relationship and it was so, so fucking hard for both of us. But I know now years later that it was absolutely the best thing that I could have done for both of us. And so I'm really glad that I went back and gave it a second chance. So then a few years later, (laughs) I was in a very emotionally abusive relationship, I guess I will say. It was super toxic. There was huge highs and huge lows. We couldn't go more than like 48 hours without 
fighting and me crying and it was just really bad. So I felt so lost and I didn't know what to do. I felt like I couldn't live without this person. I couldn't imagine life without them, but I was so miserable the way that the relationship was. So once again, went back to therapy and this was a different EFAS counselor and she could see that I was kind of like, I don't know what she saw. I don't know how to word it, but anyway, she did a suicide risk assessment with me because I think she could see that I was like losing it. And, um, basically based on the answers that I gave, she was like, this isn't the right setting for you to be in right now. You need to go and see your family doctor right now. She literally called my family doctor and she was like, you're going to drive there now. (laughs) So I went to my family doctor who is quite a lovely lady. Um, I'm really happy that I have her. And we kind of sat down and talked and she was like, I don't think that you're at like a risk of going and committing suicide right now, but I think that you do need some more support and, um, so we sat there and talked about therapy. So she was really great. She works for PCN, the Primary Care Network, which is in Alberta. And they offer free short-term psychology through their office as well. You don't even have to be a PCN. Like you don't have to see a PCN doctor. They'll let you see their psychologists. So she referred me to one of their psychologists in the meantime. And then she also did a referral for me to a psychiatrist. And his name is Dr. Peter Silverstone. He is He works at the University of Alberta as well. He's I think he teaches there. Um, but then he also has his own clinic where he sees people. So I was able to go and see the psychologist through PCN just for short-term kind of support. Like it was basically like trying to manage how I was feeling in that moment, um, and manage the feelings and the thoughts that I was having. And then I got in to see Dr. Silverstone and what he does, he doesn't see people on a long-term basis. He will basically take you in and he will do an assessment. You do like a written quiz and then he'll sit down and talk to you and he'll basically break down like exactly what your main issues are and he'll give you recommendations to go from there. So he did an assessment with me and sat down and talked with me and he was basically like your main issue is that you have low self-esteem and like this is basically the primary reason that is impacting all of these other issues that you're having in your life, like disordered eating, having trouble setting boundaries and relationships. All of these things are all stemming from a low self-esteem. So he said, you need to go and find a psychologist who specializes in self-esteem and anxiety and does cognitive behavioral therapy. And he gave me a website to go to, to find a psychologist. And that was how I found the psychologist that Jack was talking about that I've been seeing now for probably over two years, maybe almost three And she has also been like a saving grace in my life. She was the first psychologist that I saw that I felt like I didn't have to lie to or kind of like brush over things. Like I think I felt a lot of shame over some of the actions that I had done in my life. And I would go to therapy and I'd want them to make me feel better so I wouldn't tell them the whole story. And I would kind of like say things in a light to make myself look better, which is kind of bullshit. Like a therapist is there to support you and everything, but they're also there to call you out on stuff that you're doing that's not healthy. Yeah. So yeah, she was the first one that I felt really free and open and comfortable with to just kind of say like, this is my life. It's a fucking disaster. I want to do better. I want to fix things, but I don't know where to start. So we've been seeing each other almost monthly for yeah two and a half years now. And I, the last time that I went and saw her, actually, I hadn't been over the summer and I went in and I said, like, these are, these are some of the things that I've been going on lately and this is how I've dealt with them. And she was like, I have seen huge growth in you since I started seeing you. And just getting that kind of feedback is so nice Mm -hmm. because, yeah, like I had a really hard time setting boundaries in relationships and it ended up in a lot of codependent situations. And I felt like I was a fucking doormat in specifically my romantic relationships, but all my other relationships as well. So she has really helped me to work on that kind of stuff. And it's funny, like you work on your self-esteem 
and then it makes it easier to set boundaries. And then you get better at setting boundaries and it makes your self-esteem go up. And it's all kind of cyclical. It's very interconnected. Yeah, totally. Um, she was also nice because I think that a lot of therapists, when you go for a first appointment, they'll want you to give kind of like an explanation of your entire life up to that point and why you're in there. And if you are trying to find a therapist and you're not connecting with the first or second one that you see, going through all of that over and over is so draining. So it was nice when I went to see her, she basically left it open to me. And I said, you know, this is the crisis that I'm dealing with right now. And she helped me work through that. And then as we've gone on, like Jack said, like we've slowly talked about like my childhood and other relationships and other issues. And it's all just kind of without having like a direct roadmap, like I want to deal with this and then I want to deal with this and this, like, it's all just kind of, we worked on it all at the same time, but yeah, I don't know. I can't say enough good things mm -hmm. about her. It's, I mean, if you want a direct recommendation, just DM me and I'll let you know. Cause I've had a few other friends go and see her too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you should be giving me a deal on my sessions because <laughs> I've referred so many people to you. So yeah, that is basically in a nutshell, our quick experiences. Um, I know it can be frustrating. I mean, you guys have no idea how frustrating it was for me to go and see someone because I needed help and have her be like, no, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. You need to go to your doctor. And I'm like, I literally just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. So it, I've definitely like, I've gone to a therapist. It hasn't worked. I've gotten discouraged. I haven't gone back for months. So I, I totally get that if that's where you're at, if you've tried one or two and you just like didn't click with them and you're kind of have given up or you don't want to try again. I totally, totally get that. I just would encourage you to keep trying because once you find one that you can be honest with and you feel comfortable with and they actually are helpful, it is going to change your life. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. Yeah. In ways that you probably can't even expect, but mm -hmm. you know, the biggest goal for the therapist is to see you succeed and mm -hmm. you know if you find someone that doesn't that doesn't make you feel like that then that's not your therapist it's it's like dating yeah honestly right? like I it's like totally... dating to try and find your therapist and they're not going to give you everything you want on a silver platter they're going to have a conversation with you and they want to see you be able to click and have that light bulb mm -hmm. moment in your session because otherwise you won't you won't be able to implement it if you don't understand. So they're not mm -hmm. just going to sit there and be like, you need to do this, this, and this. They want to have a conversation with you. They want to see you be able to understand where they're coming from when they offer you suggestions. And some of the sessions I go to is like 90% me talking mm -hmm. and her listening. Like She'll throw in a few questions here and there, and they're usually leading questions mm -hmm. so that I can come up with a conclusion of my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's very good about like steering the conversation towards something. Like I've sat in therapy with her and had like these crazy light bulbs. Like I'm like, oh my God, I literally had disordered eating because of this thing that happened to me when I was a kid. I never clicked. It never clicked mm -hmm. with me before because this is how I viewed my body and all of these kind of things that went from there. I also was sitting there and I was kind of talking about a past relationship that I had had. And I was like, holy shit, like he was cheating on me. And I did not clue in while we were together. Mm -hmm. And just like these crazy light bulb moments. And I don't know if I ever would have come to those conclusions. And it's crazy because I never, ever thought that my life would look like it does right now when I started yeah. seeing her. And I feel so much more supported, even in myself. Like, I feel so much more confident in the decisions that I make and sticking to them. Mm -hmm. It 
is yeah quite amazing like what am I doing now I'm like I'm in a different job than I went to school for I'm single I I'm not a homeowner anymore <laughs> like there's all these things that I could be feeling so down about but like I am so happy and fulfilled and I love my life now so much and I don't think that I would have gotten to this point if I hadn't had some like an external third party person yeah so I wanted to talk quickly about boundary setting <laughs> now I'm an expert around your therapy <laughs> sessions because I do think that it's up to you whether you want to tell people in your life that you're going to therapy or not at the end of the day mm -hmm. I would encourage you to at least try and find someone in your life that you trust that you can talk to about it because I do think that it's important for everyone involved to know especially so they can support you and then it it just helps lessen that stigma but one of the relationships that I was in when I started going to therapy my partner was extremely threatened kind of like what we were talking about before because I think he knew just as well as I did that our relationship was toxic and he was not good for me. And I think that he was worried that me going to therapy would result in me leaving him, which is what happened, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't regret it. And um, so, yeah, I would go to therapy and afterwards he would ask me, how did therapy go? And if I just said, oh, you know, it was good. Like it was really helpful. He would be pissed, mad, like he would want to know exactly what we talked about. He would want to know if we talked about him. And then he started making these comments about how my therapist doesn't like him. My therapist doesn't think that he's good for me. Like making all of these really negative comments about me going to therapy. It's like your partner should respect the fact that you're going to try and work on yourself. No one is going to go and pay a therapist $200 an hour for the therapist to be like, fuck your boyfriend. You should dump him. Like, yeah, it and doesn't that's the happen. type of person that should be going to therapy also. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to therapy and the therapist is kind of helping you reach the conclusion that you're not in a healthy relationship, you should be able to trust that. Mm -hmm. They don't make any extra money. It's not like they get like a bonus if you break up with someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They don't care. They want what's best for you. So that's where... I think the boundary setting is important and it's, I think that it's very illuminating to see how the people in your life react to the fact that you're going to therapy. Mm -hmm. You should be supported. You should feel safe to talk about it. You should never feel shamed for it. They should never be trying to dig into your therapy sessions to know exactly what you were talking about or if they came up or not. It's so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. You should never feel uncomfortable talking to somebody about going to therapy. No. So you should be sharing what you're comfortable with and they totally. shouldn't be pressuring you for any more than that. Yeah. So I really wanted to hammer that point home because. Yeah. It's never... interesting because I um, was going when I was with my ex and um, he never pressured me for. Mm -hmm. He would just ask me how it was and I would say good and I would share what I wanted to and he'd be like, okay, well, I'm really glad that it went well for you. I mean, I don't think he had any idea <laughs> that I was going yeah. for a relationship, but still, I think major, major points to him for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of all that we wanted to cover in that section. We did have a listener question and they asked how long it took us to be comfortable with going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll be honest, I don't think that I will ever be 100% comfortable talking about the stuff that I talk about in therapy. Like yeah. just talking about it on the podcast right now, I'm like, I'm sweating. You can hear my voice kind of shaking. Like mm -hmm. I'm nervous. It's not easy things to talk about, but I trust my therapist. Mm -hmm. 
I feel safe in that space. I feel like I can tell her like mistakes I've made and she's not going to judge me. She's mm-hmm. going to support me and help me to do better. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that with my current therapist right from the get go. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the sign is you should feel comfortable with them right away. Yeah. So that goes back to my point of like dating to find a therapist mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable with because until then, yeah, you probably won't feel comfortable at all talking yeah. about stuff. Yeah, for sure. These mm-hmm. aren't easy things that we're talking about when we go to therapy. Mm-mm. So you at least need to feel comfortable. And this is the thing with a therapist is they're not a friend. They're not a family member. They're paid to be an impartial third party and to give you like to help you without having any sort of personal agenda. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they do care about you. They will hold space for you, but they're not emotionally invested in your life or the outcomes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect them whatsoever. So this is why it's so important. Like I've had a lot of people that are like, well, I don't need a therapist. I just talk to my friends. And I'm like, that is amazing that you feel able to talk to your friends about that kind of stuff. That Mm -hmm. is so important, but I can't say enough how important also is to have somebody that's a professional. Yeah. Cause like you and I talk about stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've said before on the podcast, like there's stuff that you don't feel comfortable talking to me about. And I'm not really at the point where like, there's nothing in my life that, you know, like I share everything with you, but Um, We don't have the same growing up trauma and and things like that, right? And you know what? Even if you did want to talk to me about that stuff, like 100% open ear, ready to listen, advice, none. Because I don't know. Yeah. And that's the other thing too is like your friends will give you advice, but it's not always the best advice for you because Mm -hmm. they haven't experienced it or they're not trained to give you the good advice, whether they've experienced it or not. Mm -hmm. That unbiased. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, it's so important to be able to have open communication with your friends about stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But, like, your friends are not your emotional dumping ground. So it's not – it wouldn't be fair for me to go and sit down with Jack for an hour a week and unpack the traumas from my childhood. Like, that's not fair. Well, I think the other side of it, too, is, like, I'm your friend, right? So I would eat that emotion and it would be in me, too, Mm -hmm. right? And a therapist doesn't necessarily have it to that extent because they don't have that personal connection with us the way that we have it with each other exactly like this is what I talk about holding space like a therapist can be empathetic towards you a hundred percent and like when I talk to my therapist I feel like she genuinely cares about me but I know that like me crying in front of her about like some guy that's breaking my heart or whatever she's not going to take that home I hope (laughs) (laughs) and lose sleep over it or like cry for me whereas like if me and Jack were having that kind of conversation we both end up fucking crying for each other (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) just something to keep in mind (laughs) okay so now we're gonna get into really so we're 30 minutes let me remember this we're gonna get into so much information options payment information so many places that you guys can go to access therapy and a lot of these we have both tried <laughs> So the first thing that I wanted to explain is the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists. So psychiatrists are doctors. They Mm -hmm. can prescribe medication. They are great, especially if your family doctor is prescribing you any kind of um, like mood disorder drugs or like antipsychotics, like anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing a psychiatrist is helpful in those situations because they are so knowledgeable about all the effects of different drugs and interactions between them. And they can provide a lot of counseling surrounding, like, the medications specifically. Mm -hmm. But a lot of psychologists are not – 
the same as a counselor. Like they won't sit down with you for an hour and talk about a bunch of things. Some will, Mm -hmm. some of them, and that's great. But a lot of people go to psychiatrists and even Dr. Silverstone, I've seen negative reviews about him online because he wouldn't really talk to people. Well, that's not really what he's there for. Mm -hmm. He's there to help you with the actual like medical aspects of your mental health concerns. Um, And to be fair, guys, like I didn't even know the difference. We talked about this probably last week when we were thinking about planning the episode. So if you didn't know that, like no shame to you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with a psychiatrist is it's covered by your Alberta healthcare. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I'm going to we're going to tailor a lot of this towards Alberta just because that's what we're most most familiar with Mm -hmm. and knowledgeable about. But there's similar things in like every state or province. So, again, if you need help getting pointed in the right direction, I'm more than willing to do some research. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's about psychologists. psychiatrists. So psychiat- psychologists, mm-hmm. oh my God, psychologists in Alberta have a master's degree and they're registered as clinical psychologists. So they're there to be counselors. You don't need a referral to see a psychologist. Like you would probably need a referral to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. They're not covered under Alberta healthcare, but if you have any sort of benefits, like if you have Alberta blue cross or some other kind of benefit through your work, there probably is at least a bit of coverage. Like I know mine covers 80% up to like a or something. And then after that, it's all out of pocket. So look into that if you're interested and see where you have those benefits. And then Alberta Health Services also has nurses and social workers that work in counseling roles. To start, how do you find a therapist? (laughs) Where do you even fucking start? (laughs) So I just wanted to say again that like, remember that therapy is for you. Mm -hmm. You should feel comfortable And a therapist should help you to explore your goals and your emotions and your relationships and your mental health. But ultimately, like how it goes is up to you. So if you go to a therapist and they're like, go read this book, and that is totally not helping you in that moment, then you know what? That's totally fine to go and find a new therapist. They should hold you accountable and challenge you to grow and be the best version of yourself. Like you're not paying them to be a yes man to all of your decisions and just be your little cheerleader, but they should never make you feel shame and you should be able to be totally truthful with them. We've also read and heard that a lot of Black, Indigenous, and people of color have found a huge lack of therapists who are knowledgeable and educated in issues surrounding race and racism. There's a really good Instagram account called Black Physicians of Canada, and they post a lot about this. Mm -hmm. So if you have any concerns about finding a therapist who will be the right fit for you, you can literally just email or call them and straight up ask them. Because if they're not knowledgeable enough in areas that you absolutely need them to be knowledgeable in, then you do not have to give them your hard-earned money. So like therapy is not cheap. So you should be able to get all of your money's worth out of it. Um, So how to find a therapist in Alberta again. So there is the Alberta Psychologist Association. This is where Dr. Silverstone told me to go and look for a psychologist because it is so cool. So there's a search function on it and you can literally search by like gender if you're more comfortable with one or the other. If you have a specific type of therapy that you're looking for, individual problems or concerns, like I literally went into mine and I searched female because I was just, would just be more comfortable being honest with a female therapist. Mm-hmm. I said someone who is CBT, doing CBT with clients and is knowledgeable about anxiety and self-esteem issues. And it popped up with a ton of different um, options. You can literally break it down by location. Like I searched in Edmonton and it gave me just people that are in Edmonton. And then a lot of them even have like pictures and bios. So Mm -hmm. I just went through until I found one that her website just kind of looked inviting to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like 
I would be comfortable going to her. It literally had a picture of her too. Like some of them have all of this information. So it's such a good starting point. Or you can be lazy like me and just use your friend's therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said earlier, Primary Care Network of Alberta also has one-on-one short-term psychology, which is free, totally free. And then they also have a bunch of group therapy sessions, which like I've talked about before, I did Change Ways, which is just like an overall like depression and anxiety mental health support group. And you, like I said, again, you don't have to see a family doctor that's with PCN. You can just go to the website and we will post the link on our description page as well. Mm -hmm. Most employee and family assistant programs offer free therapy. Most of that is short term as well, but it's free. So if you're struggling and you don't know where to start, it's a great option. Alberta Health Services offers walk-in counseling. There are apps now, which is amazing, like BetterHelp. As far as I know, Mm -hmm. your first session is free. And this is something, too, with COVID is, like, a lot of us don't want to be exposing, getting, like, face-to-face exposure with as little people as possible. So BetterHelp is an option. And then there's also a ton of psychologists that will do telehealth. They'll either do, like, Mm -hmm. Zoom calls or FaceTime, or you can just do a phone call with them, which is really nice. Um, You can ask your family doctor for a referral if you're absolutely not sure where to start. And then there is also a lot of offices that will offer sliding scale fees. So if you don't have coverage, like you don't have Blue Cross or anything like that, or just money is tight for whatever reason, there are offices that will do sliding scale. So you only pay based on your income. So if you make less, you pay less, which Mm -hmm. is so amazing. So Cornerstone Counseling in Edmonton is one that I know of, and they do sliding scale fees. For anyone whose household income is under, I think, like $100,000. Mm-hmm. So even if you're living on your own and you're making $80,000 and for whatever reason you don't have a ton of disposable disposable income, this is accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the different types of therapy. Um, there's a ton of psychotherapies and other therapy options. So different therapists will use art, music, and then animals. Yeah, like there's literally therapy that you can go to where you just like pet horses or like play with dogs it's fucking amazing and they also offer individual or group sessions the best thing to do is do a bit of research and talk to your doctor if you need to and see what is most appealing to you Mm -hmm. so there's the traditional talk therapy um and it is psychotherapy um it gets a bad rap because some therapists specialize in just what it sounds like talking but we'll get into the specific types of psychotherapy in a minute Um, Talk therapy is very cathartic and gets your thoughts out of your brain with an impartial third party who respects you and your feelings. So just again, what we've been talking about um, and work on goals to improve your mental health. If you benefit a lot from this type of therapy, sometimes it's good to take breaks, especially if you're feeling stuck or this might be a time to ask your therapist to integrate more CBT or another type of psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. So we've also talked about this before, which is CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. It focuses on changing thinking patterns and coping skills and putting new skills into practice. So as you practice and get stronger with these skills, you reinforce them in your brain and they get easier and more automatic. It is helpful for a broad spectrum of mental health concerns. Um, I think that is probably like one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because again, that goes back to having tools that they're providing you so that you can actually make change in your life. Yeah. And like our therapist, she's never been like, okay, so we're going to do some CBT around this. Or no. Like, I want you to set this goal. It's very, it feels very natural. And then it's like, I'm honestly excited to go back to therapy sometimes and be like, I did this thing that we've been working on and it felt so good and it worked. Like I set this boundary or whatever. Like, it's just so nice to have somebody helping you with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's psychoanalysis and psychodynamic therapies. So that focuses on changing problematic behaviors, feelings, and thoughts by discovering their unconscious meanings and motivations. So Mm -hmm. Katie did talk a little bit about that as well. And I think that just naturally happened for her um, as she went through therapy and saw that Dr. Silverstone. Is that Mm -hmm. his name? Yes. Yeah. Um, There's also DBT, so dialectal behavior therapy. So that's developed for bipolar disorder, but is now used for other kinds of mental health disorders as well. So focusing on managing your reactions to situations like interpersonal reactions. The emphasis is on teaching patients how to manage emotional trauma rather than reducing or taking them out of crisis. Yeah, which I think this is really important because we can control our environment to a certain extent, but you're Mm -hmm. never going to be able to avoid everything, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're always going to have interpersonal conflict. There's always going to be issues that come up in life. So it, for people that have, I mean, I think really all of us struggle when stuff like this comes up and it just teaches like more healthy reactions and coping skills. And it just makes life so much easier. Mm -hmm. And same with the psychoanalysis. Like I never sat down with my therapist and talked about like, why do you think that this happened to you? Or why do you like, let's go back to birth and go through everything that ever happened to you that could be a possible trigger or trauma. It's just something that we've talked through. And then you come to these kind of realizations and some people don't think that it's important to figure out the why Mm -hmm. it's more important to figure out like what's going on now and how can I help change it? But Mm -hmm. it is, it has been helpful for me to just kind of realize where things are coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, I just kind of feel like it's, it's, yeah, like it makes it a little bit easier to kind of it's not something to blame anything on, but it's like, okay, I can understand now why my brain works this way or why I did that thing that is so shitty. (laughs) And then the last one is ERP. So exposure and response prevention, which is really good for OCD. So people with OCD, um, if you don't know what that is, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gradually exposed to their obsessions and asked not to perform the compulsions that usually ease their anxiety and distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, we, we throw around the OCD terms so commonly in our society and it's really irresponsible, really. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that have obsessive compulsive com- tendencies. Like, tendencies, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I was going to say compulsive compulsions. Mm-hmm. Um it's driven by a lot of anxiety. So mm-hmm. that's what ERP helps with is like managing that. And it, I didn't even know that it existed and it's such a cool therapy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everything that we just talked about, like they're all different ki- kinds of psychotherapy and there's, we could go on for like hours about all the different stuff that's available, mm-hmm. but we just wanted to kind of highlight some main ones yeah. and just kind of explain the differences a little bit. Yeah. And we'll link everything that we've talked about today um, in our show notes, the episode bio. Um, that's probably the best place to put it just because you can't click anything on our Instagram anyways. Yeah. So um, if you, for some reason, can't find it, um, please just reach out to us uh, on our two girls Instagram or directly to one of us. Um, and we will definitely share it with you. Anything that you ask us for is obviously um, totally confidential. Yes, that was the word I was looking for. Um, and we will never share that with anyone. We will never judge you. Like this is a very safe space when it comes to therapy. Um, I just want to remind you that going to therapy does not make you crazy. And Mm -hmm. that is what people in the world say, and it is completely wrong. You are doing something to better yourself and not only will it better yourself, it will better your relationships and the other people around you. So please, please never, ever think that you are crazy for going. And it is not mean that you are weak. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, the strongest thing that you could do is choose to take control of your life mm-hmm. and actively work to make it better. Mm-hmm. So going to therapy is honestly a huge sign of strength. Yeah, I completely agree. 
So um, I think that wraps it up for us today. I just want to say a huge thank you because Katie did a lot of the prep for this um, <laughs> and, you know, found a lot of these resources. She's very, very knowledgeable in it. So thank you so much. And um, thank you for being completely vulnerable. I know our listeners really, really appreciate that. And, you know, I've said more than once, you and I share very different upbringings and yours is a lot more vulnerable than mine and so I really appreciate you sharing that with everybody it means a lot to me and it means a lot to our listeners I know I can speak on their behalf because there's a lot of people out there that don't want to share that information and it just makes you very relatable and that's what people need to hear okay I'm gonna cry now but thank <laughs> you <laughs> so as always uh, make sure you follow us at two girls one broadcast um, on all the social media platforms um, Twitter especially for all of Katie's um, <laughs> hilarious memes that she shares. I'm like fighting with Amazon on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so thank you so much guys and uh, we hope you have a great week. Yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be doing more of these deep dive crazy pants episodes into more specific topics so again if there's anything that you guys would like to hear us talk about let us know mm -hmm. and leave a rating or a review if you feel called to. It yes. really really helps us and we would appreciate it and mm -hmm. we love you guys so much. We hope that you have a great week and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye tacos. Bye.